Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I want to read something out of Psalm 132. David was making a vow to the Lord, and David's vow to the Lord went something like this. He swore to the Lord and vowed to the Lord, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the Lord Almighty, the one of Jacob. Today, church, we're going to talk about what it looks like to have a zealousness for the Lord. And that, that just was screaming at the page as I read that of David going, I will not give myself sleep or anything else that I desire until I find a dwelling place for the Lord. And this morning, I want you to know that God sees you as his dwelling place, that you've become the dwelling place of God. And so we've been doing this work where we've been talking about the house of God and what does it look like in the days ahead. And we talked about refinement last week, about the house of the Lord and in, in that he's trying to refine his bride. He wants that pure bride who's making herself ready. In Revelation 19, 7, he says, let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. And here was the key from last week. And his bride has made herself ready. You guys remember that? His bride has made herself ready. And so we've kind of been on this thing of going, what is God doing in his house right now? What is he doing with his bride right now? And this word refinement just really kicked in to high gear. And so uh, I really believe that it's not that just the season of trying to get this year over with because next year's better. Just in the throes of refinement now until he comes. It's not we're trying to get this year over with because next year's better and so on and so forth. It's we are headed towards the Lord. He is headed towards us and we're going to be, there's kind of a part two to this, amen? And so this is what that refinement looks like. And so there's kind of a part two to this in which you and I have a, a, a responsibility now and engagement with him. And that is this word zeal, that you and I need to have zeal for the Lord's presence and zeal for the Lord's house. Zeal for his presence and zeal for his house. The word zeal is not used very much anymore in our vocabulary. We say things like passion. You need to have passion for the Lord. You need to be excited about the Lord. You need to have courage with the Lord. But the Bible uses the word zeal for a reason. Because zeal is not something that gives like, oh, you should be a little bit passionate for the Lord. Zeal is not something like, he's okay. Zeal brings another measure of what it looks like to have passion for the presence of the Lord. And I've shared this numerous times with you, but we can be zealous for the craziest things. We can have zeal or passion for the most insane things. When football season rolls around, I talk about this, you can have the most straight-laced businessmen and women, the kind you roll in on Monday, and they're sitting at their computer doing their thing, just quiet, and they just hammer down. But then come the weekend, they're like bellies open, painted up, right, shaking it for the Chiefs or whatever. Like this is the way that people work. You've got 50,000 fans in the stands. You've got some that are just like, woo, go cheese, good job, yay. You've got fair weather fans. It's cold, I don't really wanna be here, right? And you've got negative 30 degree weather and these grown men shaking their belly that they painted up, heading back in on Monday going, sitting back down at my computer again, right? <laughs> There's something different about those cats than everybody else. There's something different than just the regular fan and the fair weather fan. There's something in their heart that's zealous where they're going, I give everything to that. That's the kind of zealousness we need for the Lord. 
And so as we talk about this, I want you to understand that as we continue to talk about the days ahead, that we will have to have in the days ahead a zealous heart for his presence and a zealous heart for his house. This is the word of the Lord, a zealous heart for his house. Believers, it can be so, because so many times, and maybe you feel this way, I find in, as believers, it can be so easy when somebody says, tell me about Jesus, and you're like, huh? He saved my life, you know? He changed me, flipped me, turned me around, right? Whatever. And that's the language that we use. It's like, tell me about Jesus. And we're going, he's good, he's awesome, he's a part of my life. And then if somebody said, tell me about your favorite sports team, you would be like, Mahomes for life, right? It's like, you, we, it's like a trigger, it's like a switch. Something happens to us when we're passionate about it. Like, I think about people, I could tell you everything you want to know about K-State football, because I was zealous for them, and then they lost, and now I'm losing that, but I'm still zealous for them, right? And so the Lord is showing me in my own heart, he's like, and I'm just a window to my soul, just a window, he's showing me where I've given my zealousness, my passion, my desires over to so many other things but him. And so I believe that this is a season where the church is not just being refined until we see him, but we are getting a zealousness for him in this time that we still get to walk on planet earth where we will be passionate, zealous. And so I was praying this week and, it's, and I believe it's coming. And so I was praying this week and I just kept hearing those words, zeal will be needed, the zeal of the Lord will be needed. He comes in and he gets ready to flip the tables and we've done a lot of work in John chapter two where Jesus comes in and he gets ready to flip the tables and we, 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 find, we find in the temple there's oxen and there's sheep and there's pigeons and there's money changers and Jesus begins to make that whip. You guys remember the story? And he runs to the temple and he says he's flipping, out the, flipping over the tables and he's dumping out their money and he's chasing the animals out and he says these words in verse 16. He says, take these things away from my father's house. My father's house is not a house of trade. Other translations and other parts of the gospel say, my father, you, you've turned it into a den of robbers. My father's house shall be known as a house of prayer. You've made it a den of robbers. But here's the key that I want you to focus in on in John, 17, John uh, 2, 17. His disciples remembered what was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the disciples see Jesus in his first act of ministry, at least written about in John, that we really get to see is that Jesus goes into the house of the Lord, the temple, where the people are supposed to be pursuing the Lord, where the people are supposed to be passionate for the presence of the God, Yahweh, the God that they follow. And Jesus comes in, he's going, it's madness in here. You've turned it into something else. And he begins to do the whole table flipping, which we've talked about. And here's what that word says. He says, zeal for your house will consume me. Now, it's my belief that there were other people in the temple that probably thought, yeah, things in here probably shouldn't be happening this way, but, you know, who am I to say anything? There were probably other people sitting around going, man, when I read scripture, it's pro this probably shouldn't happen, but you know what? I don't want to rock the boat. And I'm saying today in our churches, in America, in our church, we've got to rock the boat. In our churches today, we need to understand that it can be really easy to go, ah, when I read scripture, we're not necessarily following the Lord. We're not necessarily doing everything that he told us to do, but who am I to judge? Look, it says in scripture what the house of the Lord will be, amen? It will be a purified people with a heart of prayer. And so what I'm saying is I think there were a bunch of people standing around that were going, 
I should have been the one to flip the tables. Jesus led the way, and now it's our turn. We need to have zeal for the house of the Lord. Zeal for the house of the Lord will what? Everybody say consume. Consume, consume me. And his disciples remember that because they've read Psalm 69. For your sake that I have borne, Psalm 69, verse 7, it says, for it, for it is for your sake that I have borne reproached reproach that dishonor has covered my face i've become a stranger to this was a psalm of david that was actually a prophetic word for jesus when he comes on the scene here's what ostracize him insult him his dedication to god caused people to scorn him ostracize him insult him reject him and basically he goes i'm so i'm so others think i'm a bit awkward <laughs> others think i'm a bit undignified right and so for David, he's going, I'm so consumed with my zeal. It's time to get a bit crazy, church. Yeah. I'm saying it. We, we, we've got to be that peculiar people that Scripture talks about. They're peculiar. His disciples remember that zeal for your house will consume me. Purity in your house will be what I'm all about. And when the disciples saw Jesus doing what he did, that scripture came to mind that Jesus will be relentless in his and all the other activity that was all that his father intended it to be. And all the other activity that was supposed to, that, that was taking place in it, get it out and get back to what the father's heart is for that place. And I'm telling you, the father's house should be a house of freedom, a house of purity, a house of worship, a house of prayer, and a house of word. Amen. These are markers of what the Father's house is all about. And now, in the New Testament, you and I become the house of God. So he's not just talking about four walls in a building. He's talking about your heart today. Are you zealous? The zealousness of the Lord, does he consume your heart for his house, your temple? Where his temple, which is your heart. Listen to these words here. Passion for Jesus, I read this quote, passion for Jesus is very disruptive. This is out of that reset book that I was telling you about. Passion for Jesus is very disruptive. It sounds nice. Everybody wants passion. Do you want to be passionate? Yeah, I want to be passionate. What's well, going to disrupt you? <laughs> and it's probably going to disrupt those around you too. And he goes on and he says these words, zealous leaders are courageous leaders and more courage will be needed in the days ahead. Whenever somebody starts getting a little bit zealous though, Whenever somebody starts getting a little, little zealous for the Lord, passion's growing. Oh, I want a little bit more of him. You got old Betty over here going, you know, little leg action, whatever. Somebody go. This is what happens. People are like, oh, here goes Betty. Somebody, somebody go. This is what happens. Zealous people make other people nervous. This is why everybody was nervous when David's going a little bit David. The Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God comes rolling in town. David's going a little bit David. <laughs> Woo, whatever, right? And he's out there dancing and everybody's like, oh. So, so when you start to get zealous for the Lord, people start to get nervous. When actually what you're doing is you're acting, acting living, uh, you're, when you start acting, living, and radically living out the life of Jesus, it's the normal life. Glenn, man, I'm so glad you love Jesus. Temper it down just a little bit, brother. Sorry. Have, you, <laughs> have you ever heard that? Jesus, John 3, says that Jesus was given the spirit without limit. Why in the world are we trying to temper people down when they're zealous for the Lord? Why are we trying to take passion and throw water on it and quench the spirit? Because we're nervous. It's outside of my comfortability. 
It's funny, he says, no one seems to warn you about the cost of living apathetically or half-hearted in obedience, which is unspeakably more costly than the other. So I'll temper you down because, oh, you're getting a little weird, but I won't warn you about living apathetically and half-hearted in obedience. This is what we're trying to shift, church, amen? The word zeal defined is this, great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an object. Great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit. So here's the Lord, here, he's, here he is, and he's going, zeal means I've got energy and enthusiasm when I'm pursuing him. Oh, there he is. Oh, just to know him. Oh, just to touch the hem of his garment. Oh, just to taste and see that the Lord is good. And then my conviction is so many times when I get up in the morning, that zeal is not, oh, there he is. It's, oh, do I have to? Ten more minutes in bed. God sounds so good. Lord, uh, I'm just busy today. God, I want to. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing that my zeal isn't for the things of the Lord with this passion, enthusiastic energy to pursue him, but I'll give zeal to everything else in my life. I'll pursue the things that are good for me. The Hebrew word for zeal in its root is to boil with heat or be hot. So not only am I trying to passionately pursue him, but I better be hot doing it. It better be a hot pursuit. The Greek word for zeal means jealousy. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous just to simply be with him. Nothing else matters. I'm jealous to be with him. That's all I care about. And then the word consume, because it's the zeal of the Lord, consumes me. The word consumes means to eat down and devour. So Jesus comes in flipping tables, chasing out the things in the house of the Lord because he believes what his father's house is supposed to be and the presence of God that dwells there. Jesus comes in and does that. And here's really what he's doing, church. He's basically burning in his heart for the things of his father. There's zeal that is eating him up inside going, oh, it's eating me up inside. What's happening in my father's house because I want it to be what he wants. It's zeal for the things of God. Do we have such zeal for the things of God? I had a phrase the other day when I was meeting with a good brother, um, and we were just talking about zeal for the Lord and just different things and faith, and, and the Lord just kind of gave me this phrase that the faith of yesterday will not be the faith that will carry us into tomorrow. It's not going to get me through the day today, but I don't grow that passion, that faith, that zeal for the Lord. It's not going to get me through the days of tomorrow when they came. And the Lord starts building this up going, I have to continually build your zeal. The Lord is going to do it. It's you're giving yourself a will. The Lord will accomplish this, by the way. This isn't because you and I go, I'm just going to get more passionate. It's you're giving yourself over to him. And when you give yourself over to him, he's going to get you more passionate. And so the Lord was showing me like in the days of trouble, whatever those are, when those come, the days of trouble that scripture talks about, that he's going to build the zeal more. Begin to think about that word desire. Oh God, but I do desire you. <laughs> We've done some work on this in here. I do desire to put my energies toward you. Desire, I do desire to pursue you enthusiastically. <laughs> I do desire to put my energies towards you. And the Lord just reminded me over and over and over that desire won't get us there. Because I'll be honest with you, I desire to lose weight, but... Uh, 
I desire to run in the morning, but I'm not getting up. Amen? I desire to eat healthy, but dang, Chick-fil-A's good. You see, desire won't get us there. Because desire says, I've got it in my heart, but not just a church that desires it in hot pursuit of the Lord. So it's not just a church that desires it, it's a church that's zealous for it. It's not just a people that desires it, it's a people that's zealous for him. Amen? In Romans 12, 11, he gives us a word on this because Paul knows the hearts of men and he says, do not be slothful in zeal. Don't be lazy in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Paul tells us that if we're slothful in zeal, if we're, if we're lazy in zeal, that this is where compromise is going to come into our life. If we're not zealous for the Lord, we'll be zealous for something. This is why we've got tension in our heart. I mean, I'm throwing darts at all of us today, including myself. I hope you walk out of here going, I don't like him, right? Like, 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 like this is why we give ourselves over to Xbox. <laughs> if you're like, just like an Xbox junkie, I'm looking at the youth. If you're, like, if you, if you spend all your time in your garage and you're fixing, tinkering things, it's great. That's awesome. Be a garage junkie. Be an Xbox. Be a sports guy. Those are great things. Just don't give your zeal to those things. Give your zeal to the Lord. But be in hot pursuit of God, but give your zeal to the Lord. Be okay with those things, but be in hot pursuit of Him. Amen? Because if you're not, your zeal will be given over to these things. And this is why Joshua gives us this decision in Joshua 24, 15, where all of a sudden he looks at the whole of the people, and they've given themselves over to many different things. And he goes, you want to serve those idols? Serve them. You guys, you want to serve those idols? Serve them. You guys, you want to serve that stuff? Serve it. And he says, but I'm going to tell you this. Choose this day whom you will follow. And what's he say? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my household, we will be zealous for him. As for me and my household, we will be consumed with him. As for me and my household, he will be the consuming fire in my heart. If you want to go that way and you want to go that way and you want to go that way, choose this day. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And this is the decision that we've got to make in our hearts. And it has so much weight that John the Revelator is going to tell us in Revelation 3.16 when he's addressing the church at Laodicea. He's going to say those famous words, because you're lukewarm, slothful in zeal. You see, church, there's hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You see, church, there's this burning in my desire of my heart, and I know, I know just across the city as well of going, Lord, it's time. It's time to get the bride ready, right? The story of Cain and Abel came, was in a good discussion with an amazing couple. I'll tell you about them here in just a moment. We were talking about Cain and Abel and just, just the offerings that they bring, bring uh, in Genesis chapter 4. They bring to God. And you know Cain, it says Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. An, an, an offering. That's what he says. Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. It says and Abel came and he brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And it says, and the Lord gave regard to Abel's offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard for it. So Cain was angry, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? 
And if you do not do well, he gives him this warning. Sin is crouching out the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So you've got Cain, and he's going, sacrifice, and I'm going to bring an offering. What's what I'm supposed to do? I talk with God. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring him a sacrifice, and I'm going to bring an offering. What do, I, what do I got? Okay, here's some stuff from the ground. Here you go, Lord. And then you got Abel going, what's the best things that I have in my life? What's my best that's what I want you to have, God. I know that this is going to take, it's going to feel like it takes away from me. Here's the best that I have. God, you get that. While Cain's over there going, uh, let's see, here's some fruit from the ground. And the Lord's going, I'll take when you give me your best, but if you're just going to present an offering to me because it's the leftovers, he goes, be careful because sin is crouching at your door. Church, this to me is the question of the day. And I'm going to ask the band, they're going to come up and play. We're going to close out. I want you to have this prayer in your heart. God is talking to Cain, and he's saying, sin is crouching at your door. And all he's really telling him is this, stay pure, man. I just, just, I don't, I don't want your leftovers. Just stay pure. And I know if you're out there today and you're going, oh, that's hard. Like, that's really difficult. Like, I don't think you want somebody's leftovers. Heart, you're going, yeah, like, the great. I, I, I don't think that, 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 that in your heart you're going, yeah, like the greatest thing in the world is that somebody would just come and give me their leftovers. You go, no, man, I want the real deal. And the Lord is saying, be careful because sin is crouching at your door. And so I want to ask you this challenge. What will you choose to be zealous for? What will you choose to be consumed by? What will you choose to be zealous for? What will you choose to be consumed by? So that really amazing couple that I was talking with this week, uh, they, they brought up the movie The War Room. <laughs> you guys remember The War Room? Come on, raise your hand, you Christianese people out there. I watch Facing the Giants in War Room, right? So, which I watch all those, I love them. So we watched The War Room and it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome 10 years ago whenever it came out. And uh, I remember that War Room movie came out and it was all about like, you know, she, this older gal took a family in and she teaches them what it looks like to have that fervent prayer life and take a room and, you know, take everything out of it. Usually it's a closet and just put scripture up and make that the place that you meet with God. And it's just like, ah, it was awesome. And we all did it. <laughs> like we all did it. Christian and I were like, get the clothes out of here, you know, scriptures up there. And then I found that we didn't spend much time in the War Room, you know what I mean? Like we had great intentions. We had desire, but we didn't spend much time in the war room. So this couple I was talking with, they said, the Lord's been showing us that the war room that's been our closet needs to be our living room now. That it's time to stop going to the closet where nobody spends time out and it's time to bring the war room to the living room where everybody's at. That the war room for the Lord should be where people look in the windows of your house and go, there's those crazy zealous people. What are they doing? They're singing songs to the Lord. They're worshiping Jesus. They're praying over the neighbors. Here they come. Like your neighbors should scatter when you come down the streets. If you're in a cul-de-sac, they got nowhere to go. I live in a cul-de-sac. Like, that should be how zealous we are for the Lord. Oh, here they come. Oh, he drives me. 
I'm in hot pursuit of Jesus. Because the days of playing and setting our hearts with a zealous heart for other things won't do. What are you, what are you zealous for? What are you passionate for? What consumes you? I'm going to pray over you. The band's going to sing a song over you. And I just want you to sit there. I'm not asking you to do anything. I just want you to sit there and ask your heart, what am I zealous for? What consumes me? And then just give it to him. Father, thank you that you care about your church, which is your bride, which is your people, so much that you would say the zeal for house zeal for the house of the Lord is what consumes you you're consumed with our heart knowing you you're consumed with our heart walking in purity with you you're consumed with us knowing the real tangible God of the universe what are we zealous for father do a heart what are we consumed by Father, do a heart work this morning. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.